The EC Podcast exists to equip believers to make disciples and love others for the glory of Jesus Christ. Episode number eight, Bearing Your Cross. And with me today is Pastor Aaron Case, Pastor Jonathan Mitchell, and Pastor Gary Singleton. Gentlemen, welcome back to episode eight. We've done this eight times. It's kind of crazy to think about. It's been a bless. It's good to be back. Amen. Uh, So again, uh, this week we are focusing on Bearing Your Cross, and we want to start off here talking about some misunderstandings or uh, where we've lost the understanding of struggling (laughs) For Christ. Yeah, I, I think this is a very important topic and it's timely because I think over the years, because of the blessing, especially here in America, we've lost the idea of what it means to struggle and to fight and to want something and give your all for it or have a greater cause that's higher than us and outside of us. And I think also, um, you know, as we talk about good discipleship, uh, um, I think that the health and wealth gospel, even though we we definitely condemn that here at Eden Chapel, I think it's done a good job of discipling people into thinking that life should be easy. Um, you know, once you choose Jesus, then, you know, it's all smooth sailing from there. You know, you make that choice and then God's with you, no problems, all blessings. You know, he wants you to be happy, right? And it's a complete and utter um, misunderstanding of what Scripture actually teaches. And so that's why I'm excited for our time today. I think uh, the body can be blessed uh, in a a major way uh, just by a correct understanding of what it means to actually bear your cross. Yeah, and Jonathan, will you go ahead and start us off defining what that means or what that looks like for someone who may not be sure exactly what bearing your cross is? Yeah, I would say that... um, once again, it kind of goes back to things we've talked about before, but it's not joy taking. It's actually joy giving. Uh, God is not trying to rob us of our joy. He's trying to help us kill the things that would rob us of the joy that we should have in, in Christ. And so that's why when, when Christ says, as G will probably read here in a second, if anyone wants to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. That that was a pretty, pretty awful statement, honestly, for a, someone that, I mean, can you imagine a, a pastor trying to, to gain followers at a church say, Hey, if you want to be a part of what's going on here, deny yourself and take up your electric chair yeah. and follow me. I mean, it's, it's actively saying, put to death all that is about who you are in the flesh. Well, and as public as it was, like they would have literal pictures, right, of people mm-hmm. who they yeah. knew or had saw die on a cross. So, right. I mean, I can't imagine how powerful yeah. that. Yeah, that's a pretty that gruesome image. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, exactly, and th- I think that's why it's such a we we've lost that, as you said, Bobby, because we we wear crosses around our neck. Not that that's a terrible thing to do, 
but we see it more of as, as a symbol of beauty, which is the power of what Christ does. It makes awful things wonderful. Uh, a, a cross that's meant to be a, a symbol of, um, you know, absolute destruction and death God uses to save his people. But we have lost that imagery of what it means to, to, to die and to die to self, to put to death uh, our flesh. And that's what this is calling us to do is we have a serious problem in who we are before Christ. And Jesus is saying that needs to die in order to follow him. And so he's actively calling on that. And that that's not an easy thing. It is a daily thing, as, as he says in Luke 9. Mm-hmm. And, and it's something that requires obedience that's not just a, a one-time, okay, yeah, I'm following Jesus. And then, as, as Aaron alluded to, all is smooth sailing. But there is joy and sanctification in suffering and in hard obedience. And this is really tough to keep going. And I think that's what, what Jesus was getting at for us is this is not going to be an easy road, but it is going to be worth it. And it's going to be incredibly valuable. Right. Yes. And, and we can see this mentioned several times throughout the Gospels and in the Scripture. And so G's going to give us, a, give us some verses here to kind of kick us off. So in Luke 9, starting in verse 23, Jesus says, And he said to all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory, and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. But I tell you truly, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. Mm-hmm. And that to me is saying, Jesus is saying uh, in our everyday activities to deny ourselves and pick up our cross and follow him. It's not a one-time martyrdom type thing like uh, Johnny saying, I'm, well, now I'm following Jesus. It's in everything that we do and everything that we say throughout our daily lives, are we considering Jesus? Are we, are we denying ourselves and picking up our cross and following him? Yeah, you, I see this as an ongoing act, and we've said that multiple times. Um, but I think what we miss is just the the seriousness in all of this of doing this daily. I mean, this is Jesus himself saying this and saying, this is what you have to do to be my disciple, to, to be with me. And it's the direct opposite of what Aaron mentioned earlier with the health and wealth gospel or fake gospel or whatever that's being put out there. Yeah. Uh, this is in direct opposition to that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, again, it goes to, our insatiable appetite as a society to create Jim, uh, to create Jesus in our own image. Um, you know, again, like, like we started off saying, I mean, so many people put their highest good as Jesus uh, condoning the sin that they're involved in, yeah. right? Like, well, he would want me to be happy. He made me this way. As if there isn't some dying to self, right? As if there's not some crucifixion going on of our own flesh, that doesn't sound very comfortable. But, but as Johnny said, as he mentioned, um, 
it's all worth it. That's the point. The sufferings of this present world aren't worthy to be compared with the glory that is before us. So because we have been redeemed, because we've been freed in Jesus Christ, we, we can look forward to those things and endure what we endure, understanding that Jesus Christ is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So we, we can go through and we can bear our cross as, as Christ did, um, despising it, but for the joy he bore that cross, understanding what was to come, how he was ransoming the people to himself, how he was honoring the Father. Like all of these things we can do because we understand that this isn't some meaningless, purposeless universe that we're just uh, you know, nebulously moving around in. This is a design that God has, and it's for our lives. And we can understand that no matter how heinous the crimes are against us, no, no matter how hard the hills are to climb, we can understand that we've been placed there not only for our good, but for our Lord's glory. Yeah. Uh, once again, going against you know what what's often preached, especially in churches in America, that you see where you know it's going to be rainbows and Ferraris when you come to Jesus, and we export it. <laughs> right, yeah. we do. And I think of some of the words from Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a German pastor during Nazi Germany's power, and. In, in his book, The Cost of Discipleship, he says, Cheap grace is the grace we bestow on ourselves. Cheap grace is the preaching of forgiveness without requiring repentance, baptism without church discipline, communion without confession. Cheap grace is grace without discipleship, grace without the cross, grace without Jesus Christ living and incarnate. Mm. That, yeah. that's, what, that's what that type of gospel preaches, is we're n- never confronting sin because God's all about you. And not, we should be all about who God is because he's the highest reward. He's the highest good. He's, he's what makes life joyful because he's at the center of everything. And Dietrich Bonhoeffer goes on to say in the book, when Christ calls a man, he bids him to come and die. And that's a, I mean, a pretty shocking statement. You know, I mean, that, we can't, you don't hear that in pulpits very often is Christ is calling you to lay down your life, uh, the old Jonathan, the old Bobby, the old old G, old Aaron needs to pass away, and the new needs to come through the grace of Christ. That's what Christ is calling us to do. And, and you said it: the reward is great. This is this is the cost that we need to give up to become disciples of Jesus Christ, which is a great reward, but it's not comfortable today. Right, right, right. And so I I did pull up. I do want to read this. Um, this is from Luke chapter 14, uh, and you know Jesus has been talking in parables, and now he's got this crowd around him listening, and this is what he says to them um, in Luke 14, starting with verse 26. It says, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. And he continues on through there, but it's the same thing. It's sacrificing those pleasures or those things that make us comfortable um, so that we can follow Jesus. Amen. It's sacrificial love, just like what Jesus displayed for us on the cross, sacrificial mm-hmm. love. Yeah. Um, whenever I read Luke nine twenty three, um, it comes to mind. Uh, I think there's a reason that the Bible commands us to do certain things. Um, and Ephesians, starting in Ephesians 5, verse 22, 
Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. Uh, so the, the Lord has called wives to submit to their husbands daily, to deny themselves daily and pick up their cross daily and do this. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church, verse 25, and gave himself up for her. I love my wife with all of my heart, but I don't do that perfectly. I don't uh, do that as I'm supposed to do. I'm supposed to daily uh, deny myself, pick up my cross, and sacrificially love my wife every day. Um, talking about children, children, Ephesians 6, verse 1, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. I don't know about you, but I don't know how many <laughs> um, kids, uh, you know, do this perfectly. But Jesus calls us to do this. Jesus called children to obey their parents in the Lord, for this is right. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, verse 4, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Um, it's been hard for me over the years um, not to do this sometimes uh, because I get angry, um, and which is my the worst mistake I can make when I uh, discipline my children is to get angry from ang angry myself. Um, but Jesus has called us um, to do this, to deny ourselves and pick up our cross and walk daily with him. And finally, I'll just leave it like this. Uh, bond servants, um, bonds, starting in verse 5, Ephesians 6, verse 5. Bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling with a sincere heart as you would Christ. Not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. Um, I know uh, there's been several jobs that I've had where my boss uh, did not like me, or at least it felt like he or she didn't like me, yet I am to obey um, him or her as, uh, as I would um, Christ and, and, and serve um, with a sincere heart as you would Christ. Um, and that takes sacrificial, my point being, all of this takes sacrificial love. Sacri it's a sacrifice. It's denying yourself and picking up your cross and walking daily with the Lord. Um, and how can we do that? And through the power of the Holy Spirit. It working in our lives like Johnny, was, Johnny and Aaron talking about. Through sanctification of the Lord. Um, I know here lately... For myself, I haven't been loving my wife the way I should. How am I going to know that? It's the Holy Spirit convicting my heart, letting me know that I need to do uh, a better job of denying myself and walking with the Lord. And I think it's important to ask the question, so why why is it important to deny ourselves? Like why why is it important, as Bobby just read, that if we're going to be a disciple of Christ, we must hate our own father, mother, sister, brother, even our own life. Why is that so important? Why should, why should that be such an extreme thing that Jesus commands? And I think the, the important thing that I would say is because the flesh is not a good thing at all. Right. Like I think of Romans eight and what, what we memorized here a couple of years ago. And I think about what it says in verse five and following for, for those who live according to the flesh, uh, for those who live according to the flesh, they set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. 
for to set the mind on the flesh is death. So flesh is death, but set the, set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. So flesh is death, flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. And then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. And so Jesus is saying, put to death all the things that are going to lead to death, are hostile to God, and cannot ever please God. Like, I, I cannot love, I can't love, I can't, I can't obey, I can't do anything right that pleases God in my flesh. And Jesus is calling me to deny that, to, to put that to death. So it's, it's a good message. It's not an easy message to hear. Jesus wasn't a very good seeker-sensitive preacher, <laughs> um, you know, um, but it's a, it's a message that leads to life. And the only way that it leads to life is to put to death that everything that leads to destruction. Yeah, and I, and I think, as you guys have said, we, we can't do this on our own, and so we must rely on God to work through us. We must rely on the Holy Spirit to empower us because these, these aren't natural things to do. Like as husbands, when you get home and, and you've given yourself, you know, towards your day, given all you've got and you get home and you want to relax, it's easy to turn off and not be a dad, not be a husband. You know, you, you've earned this time on the couch, right? You've earned this time of chill because you've, what you've done. But what we must do is, is to rededicate ourselves on the way home and dig down deep and understand um, that we're a picture of Christ to our household. Um, you know, okay, your wife will answer for the way that she loves you, but why don't you lead and set the tone in the home? Why don't you come home and be loving despite your day? Amen. You know, swallow some of your complaints and give them to the Lord and go home and be a man who loves your family well mm-hmm. and goes to bed tired. You know, that we, that's what we've said all the time. It's, it's our honor to go to bed exhausted because that means we live the day working hard for the glory of Jesus Christ. And, and I, think, I think no, there's not many places where this is seen, where it, where it needs to be more imperatively pushed. But in, in sexual, um, our sexual purity, um, we don't even talk about purity anymore. Yeah. We just try to get people on the other side who've been broken and, and try to bring them back. And listen, there, there's a ministry for that. I'm, I'm not saying that. I, uh, many of us have really rough stories in that past, but it, for the fact of the matter is what we ought to be pushing in our children is sexual purity. Amen. Denying yourself just because you have feelings, my goodness, like how damaging. And then we've got so many people depressed and on medicine and struggling because of the baggage that they've, they've brought into their own lives and young ages, sometimes not even at their own choice. Mm-hmm. But, but, our society is telling our kids and all of us, honestly, you go for your lust. You just throw away your marriage if you don't feel it anymore. You just, you know, if your kids aren't fulfilling, you know, pawn them off somewhere and don't worry about them. But life in Christ is not easy. It takes denying ourselves. And if our Savior can leave the perfect worship of heaven to be butchered on a cross, to wash feet, to save a bunch of wretches like us, it is the least we can do to deny a little bit of our flesh to receive what is glorious and eternal. Yeah, and I think this disclaimer needs to be made that uh, the flesh is temporary pleasure, Yeah, right? All of those things that we think about 
is is just temporary pleasure compared to eternal pleasure if we're able to deny those things and take up that cross daily the the eternal pleasure in Jesus Christ don't you think that the flesh though I mean the big draw from the flesh right is instant gratification right. yes it's it's back to the garden it's you know all of a sudden the tree the fruit looks good for food it didn't for we don't know how long they're in the garden but, yes but when when Eve gets tempted finally that 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 fruit is looks desirable to eat and that's where the flesh comes in and, and we're born into that we're born into Amen. gratify me right now you know I, I want I want this satisfaction right now and we make that satisfaction for a moment our God and that's mm-hmm. that's the essence of what sin is I think about what you were talking about pastor that sexual purity I think of first Thessalonians 4 where Paul's talking like this is the will of God for you, your sanctification. And he's specifically talking about sexual uh, purity. And like to, to, pre- to present, we, we want people to be able to come together uh, pure on their wedding night. And it, there is a place to meet and there is forgiveness in Christ when we mess up there. But why don't we focus on things where we're saying, hey, deny yourself because... God's design is better. God's God's design for your life is a good and a perfect thing, and and we want that for you. And I, I think that's where the the flesh it it is weak. We yeah. we want we want that instant right now because we can't we can't picture what God's doing through my suffering or through the, this denial in this moment. How could that possibly be be for my good? And for whatever reason, that's the lie that Eve believed and. And we're still believing today. But how many examples could we have from our own lives to where we said we have put away the flesh, we've taken up that cross. We can go back to what Aaron was saying a minute ago about, you know, just coming home and being the dad and the husband. You get to lay your head down at night and realize you could have come home angry, yeah. still made it to bed at night, but you, you didn't and you're there and you've had a great evening with your family, just how many examples are there where when we do deny our flesh and ourselves and take up that cross and bear it um, to be Christ-like, is it rewarding? I mean, there's just countless if we sit here yeah. and just started listing things off. Yeah, uh, and, and I think in the midst of that, another thing we talk about often is is not being so prideful where we don't ask our family forgiveness mm-hmm. when we fail at that because we're going to fail probably every night. Mm-hmm. But... If we're pointing them to the one that we need, one that mommy and daddy needs, you know, we're, we're telling our friends who we need, who we must rely on, then we point them to the higher standard. And, and then that leads them to understanding, well, Jesus has rule and reign, not only on sun, Sundays, but every day in our house, you know, because daddy's reverencing Christ and all he does. And, and that, I mean, I just think of so many things, like it, it's easy to run past doing devotions in the house, you know, the family devotions, things like that. You guys know how hard that is. I mean, it doesn't matter if you have small kids or not. It's just, we're so busy and we rarely sit down together. But man, I cannot tell you the, just the aura around our house when we sit down and make that choice to just get in the word together, to think about Jesus together, even just for a few minutes. It's huge. It changes everything. If that's the truth, if that's the way we've been designed, and if we can kill some of those fleshly things that we're running to do so quickly because of the instant gratification, 
then we can be edified in our home and we can see Christ magnified in all that we do. Yeah, so, so in that case, the, the bearing of the cross would be almost like time management to where you get yourself in a position to where you can have that family time and devotion time at some point during the day. Right. Yeah, I think it's assessing, you know, for one, why do I care more about this than I care about leading my spouse, uh, leading my children into a deeper knowledge of who Jesus is? Why do I, you know, we, it's, it's so funny. I see like my little boys playing t-ball this year and it's so, it's so fun. Like I, I love watching all the little children like run around. Damien's doing cartwheels and dancing when he gets to first base, all that. It's, it's so cool. And, and I want him to do well in that, you know, like just, I love sports. I, I want him to do well. And it seems like I don't have any problem taking him out to the backyard and let him try to fill, fill balls and, and hit a, hit a ball. But why do I struggle to care uh, even just equally as much about him knowing God? And, and they, it needs to be way more important. And I think that's, once again, it's, it doesn't mean baseball is a bad thing. I have my problems with it. But <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, it, means, it means that in, in my heart as a, as a father, as a, as a husband to my wife, I'm, I need to care about them loving Jesus and me loving them so much and showing them Jesus that um, in, in relation to all other things, other things look like hate. And I, I think that's what, where denying ourselves really comes into play is there's something going on with me that would, for some reason, I'd rather see Damien be a better t-ball player than a follower of Jesus. That's a, that's a problem and it needs, to, it needs to die. Well, Vody Balcom has a, has a quote that, that hit me hard and in the same areas of what you're talking about. He said, if I teach my son how to hit a baseball, but not love Jesus, then I've failed him as a father. And I think of all the time training that we've done and, and all the work we've put in, in sports. But yet at the, at the time it's bedtime. I'm like, you know, after they've made their 84th excuse not to go to bed, you know, I'm like, just get this kid out of my life for a minute. Uh, he needs to go to sleep. Uh, and I've got two of them doing that. But um, anyway, that that's convicting because it's nothing but selfishness. You know, it takes a little bit of work, but we are sowing in the eternal. Yeah. And we will reap a harvest if we diligently continue to work and just sow Christ into their lives. So... It's just thinking of those things, and it's outweighing them, like you said. It's, it's weighing which way do we want to go? How do we want to honor Christ? Are we going to uh, magnify the flesh, or are we going to seek to bring glory to our King? So as we kind of move through this, let's kick around some ideas here of practical ways. I know G already mentioned um, loving your wife, wives submitting to husband, children obeying your parents. Uh, what are some practices that we can do that can help our listeners, can help us in the room bear those crosses or areas where we need to maybe focus more on denying the flesh to bear the cross? I think of uh, three ways. Uh, think about bearing a cross. So self-denial, killing self, basically, uh, getting rid of the flesh. I think, of, well, Romans 8 goes on to say, you know, the flesh cannot please God, but you, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If in fact the spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong 
to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. So by the grace of God, he's raised us from death to life. So what now? So there's obedience. So now I'm called to obey God. Most simply, love God and love others. And I think that then goes to service. So practically, Philippians 2, if there's... Uh, you know, any comfort uh, from love, any participation in the spirit, any affection, sympathy. Paul says, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in one accord. And he says, don't count uh, yourself as more important than anyone else. You know, uh, so do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, consider others more important than yourself. So practically, self-forgetfulness for the sake of others being served and loved towards Jesus would be my practical thing there. Um, and then I think the last thing for, for me is understanding that there is joy in suffering. And I don't mean like when your mom dies, you're just going, yes, that's awesome because it's not right. That's just, uh, that's there's, I don't mean it that way. There's joy in knowing that there's a sovereign God over it all that is working to produce in me a conforming to the image of his son in the midst of that. And so there is joy in suffering. Like when I suffer, I was just talking to a former student last week who, I mean, is, I can't imagine what she's gone through in her life. And I just said, what I, what I don't know to give you the answers as for why all this has happened. I know two things for one, by what's happened to you, I've been greatly affected. And God's used it powerfully in my life. And I can't thank God enough and thank you enough for allowing your suffering to be used for that purpose. But then secondly, that's the beautiful thing is in your suffering, I know that God's working. If there is no God, I don't have anything to tell you. It's just, I'm sorry. Like that stinks. You know, it's just meaningless indifference. Yeah. Stuff happens. And that's what I, I'm so thankful, you know, and Paul sees that as, you know, in Philippians one, he's in prison, he's suffering for this purpose that the whole Imperial guard knows the gospel. Like he, he's like, yeah, okay. Put me in prison. Well, they're going to hear the gospel there. And then he goes on to say like, get ready, you know, because it's a beautiful thing if you suffer for the sake of Christ. And so when we suffer, I think instead of hanging our heads as easy as that is, and I'm talking to myself here to say, God, I know you're in control. Use me. Use my suffering for your glory because our God is a God who delights to do that. Who, I mean, we, we love to claim Romans eight twenty eight on the back end of suffering. What if we claimed it heading into it in the midst of it, knowing that God does delight to use it? And that's, I think that's what taking up our cross is. Yeah, our, our hatred towards discomfort is so big that we completely ignore the glory that God gets yeah. from it. And, you know, Jesus and all of his Jesusness always ask questions that he knows the answers to. And G read it earlier, for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Yeah. I mean, we talked about it. What, what will it profit if my kid can hit a ball or if my daughter, I have a dancing daughter and I'm a dance dad. And if she can, you know, do her aerial and do her turns, um, what, what really is that in the whole scheme of eternity? Well, it's nothing. Yeah, but if you do, if she does it for the glory of Jesus, right? Yes. Like he said, there's not. It's not that there's not value in it because we need 
more more than people sitting behind mics at podcasts. We need more than pastors preaching the word or you know, youth pastors or, or elders or deacons living for Jesus. We need people in the office. We need people right. who are playing baseball. We need people at schools, people, you know, custodians. We need we need male workers. We need everyone. We need people to go out and just simply be Jesus wherever they are. And and I think all of us can look to people. I think of I think of Jennifer Hicks. I think of I think of people like my dad with like just severe health issues and just working their tail off for something that's beyond them. And in the midst of their suffering, what we've seen and what should be a testimony to us, which we lose so often, but what do we say when we see those people? I can't believe the joy that they had. I can't believe that how they, you know, they were in so much pain, but yet they fought and they gave and they served all for the glory of Jesus Christ. And I think back of them, I, I don't even remember them complaining. I don't, you know, on and on and on and again. And who gets the glory for that but Jesus? So when we look at those people with the worst situations, the people who have all the excuses, we would say, yes, we, we get why you're bitter. We get why you're upset. We get why you're hurt because the hand that you've been dealt is tough. But they don't do that. They make no apologies. They take their life and they empty it out for Jesus with the time that they have here. And it's so encouraging to the body. Yeah. John Piper says, self-forgetfulness in the presence of greatness is the capstone of joy. I just, I love that. You know, like even in the midst of suffering, when you can, when you know that Christ is with you and his presence is that powerful, self-forgetfulness in the presence of who he is, that's what brings joy. You know, I think I was kind of thinking this morning, um, uh, during our, our prayer time. And I was thinking about what brings peace, you know, what, what gives the peace that surpasses all understanding? It's not the freedom, as you said this, this morning and your sermon pastor, the, the freedom from struggle. It's, it's the presence of Christ in the midst of it. And like when you're with the one who is napping in the boat, <laughs> when the wind and waves are tossing you everywhere, that's what brings peace when you know he's with you. And so I don't need to be free from struggle. I just, I need Jesus with me. That's what, that's what gives me peace and joy and, and hope. Amen. Amen. Anybody else got any other practical ideas they want to throw out there? I just want to reiterate what my brothers have said. Um, I know for me in my life, it's when I am being selfish. It's all about me. It's my time. Uh, that's when I mess up, you know. It's uh, it's just like Jesus said, you know, deny yourself and pick up your cross daily and follow me. And we do that by um, taking self out of it, not being selfish, not being selfish with our time, not being selfish with our um, our money, our um, our love, uh, whatever it is, you know, take self out of it. I would say that if we measure God's love by the comfort we enjoy, then Jesus Christ, the Son of God, and the Apostle Paul were the two most unloved people to ever walk the planet Earth. Mm -hmm. And we know that not to be true. And so we don't look for comfort to define how much God loves us. The grace of God defines how much He loves us. And the grace of God uses every circumstance, pain, triumph for the glory of God. And when we see that, we can deny self in his presence and be joyful. 
And uh, I, would, I would end with one of my favorite quotes from C.S. Lewis. Um, he says uh, that it would seem that our Lord finds our desires not too strong but too weak. We're half-hearted creatures fooling around with drink, sex, and ambition when infinite joy is offered to us. We're like ignorant children who wants to go on making mud pies in, in the slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We're far too easily pleased. When comfort's our God, we're far too easily pleased. And uh, I think when we deny self, uh, we enjoy uh, that holiday at the sea. That's the beautiful thing is, once again, when Jesus calls us to take up our cross, to kill the flesh, he's offering us infinite joy, not, not infinite you know, destruction. There, there's joy in laying down our life. It's never something lesser that Jesus yeah, offers amen. to us, right? And, and that's, I would reiterate what both, both my brothers have said. Um, I think we should look to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. If we keep our eyes on our Lord and understand what he's done for us, understand the gift and the love that he's bestowed upon us that we were so undeserving of, we will understand that this life is but a vapor. And we are to pour ourselves out as an offering to him. And we will have, my friends, we have eternity to rest in Jesus Christ in the bounty of his goodness, in the presence of his holiness, worshiping him in spirit and in truth, and understanding all that he has done for us and all the goodness that he's given to us. So when we, when we go through this life, when we struggle, we understand only, not only that it's not in vain, but we also follow a Savior who had his own cross first. Amen. That's good. He didn't ask us to bear something. He didn't bear to the nth degree beyond us. Yeah. We will never suffer like Christ suffered. Amen. But yet here he is asking us to come up alongside him because his burden is light, because he walks with us. Amen. Amen. That's good. Gentlemen, anything else to add before we close out today? I just want to add one thing. <laughs> um, just to kind of piggyback off of what Aaron just said. I think about... Um, Jesus being the ultimate um, example of denying yourself. He, when Pilate, um, Pontius Pilate asked him, uh, do you not know that I have the power to, uh, <laughs> you know, to release you? Um, and um, Jesus said, you have no power over me except that which is given to you from above. Amen. Uh, Jesus denied himself all the way up to and including the cross he denied himself and he's asking us to do the same i think that's a great way to end it right there uh, thank you guys again for today um for this topic and this discussion jonathan will you close us in prayer please let's pray heavenly father we thank you that you are worthy of us taking up our cross daily denying ourselves and following you we thank you for jesus we thank you that as we read in your word though he was equal with you he did not count equality with you something to hold on to but emptied himself and came in the form of a servant and humbled himself to the point of death even death on a cross so help us by your grace and by the power of your holy spirit to every day wake up to deny ourselves, to take up our cross, whatever that might mean. Father, if it's, if it's suffering that is before us, help us to suffer well and for your glory. Help us to not look 
for comfort, for an easy path. Father, just to help us to walk in a manner worthy of the gospel, wherever that would be, mm-hmm. knowing that when we do walk in a manner worthy of the gospel, we have only been able to do so because of your grace. So, Father, help us to do well so that others might see you and glorify you in heaven. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us today on the EC Podcast. If you do not have a church family, you can join us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. If you are outside the area, we encourage you to find a Bible-believing church for fellowship and worship. Until next time, God bless.